Welcome to the Soul Summit Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney Levesque. I'm here to bridge the gap for women in the outdoors, build a community of adventure junkies, and roll out your weekly dose of positive vibes. With almost two decades in the health and fitness world and an untamable passion for hunting and the outdoors, my mission is to help you live a bucket list life and move boldly in the direction of your dreams. Meet us here weekly as I connect with like-minded men and women to discuss health and mindset, accountability, life and entrepreneurship, as well as all things hunting and epic untold stories. As always, I'm really excited to just drop a new episode. This one is really cool because I am joined by Emily Thompson. She's in Anchorage and her and I dissect our recent girls trip to Kodiak, Alaska, everything really kind of from the planning, um, how it all got initiated our day by day and how, uh, we like tagged animals, how we operated up there and how we learned to like really pivot based on hunting new areas every single day. I think there's a lot to be taken away from this episode. A lot, a lot of things that can be learned. And in all honesty, we really just bring this very authentic, um, approach to talking about things like even that we did wrong things that we had equipment failures on. And, um, it's just a learning curve for us as well as I think it could be a learning curve for those who are already hunting in these kind of places or want to go at some point and do a hunt like this. She's a super cool chick. Um, again, I didn't really know her before this trip. I'd met her one other time before we randomly decided to go on a, on a trip to Kodiak. Um, but everything turned out so good. The trip was fun. Uh, spoiler alert. We tagged out seven of our nine tags. So we came home with lots of meat in the freezer, which was really, really fun. There's going to be so many questions I'm sure after this episode and after the video launches on the, her outdoor journey, YouTube channel. So if you have questions following up from this episode, please feel free to reach out to either her or myself. We would love to answer those because our mission, my mission specifically is to always help you go live your bucket list life. So let me know if you have questions. This is part one of a two part podcast. Part two will be out next Wednesday. I can't wait for you guys to dive in. You're going to love it. If you're in the market for some new optics, don't forget to check out Maven built. This consumer direct company is spinning heads, winning awards, and producing some of the best quality glass at a direct to consumer price. I've been using Maven's unrivaled binoculars and scopes for over seven years and on every level, they've surpassed my expectations. Head over to mavenbuilt.com to check out their top of the line optics, read the reviews and pull the trigger on the glass you've been eyeballing. That's M-A-V-E-N-B-U-I-L-T.com. Use the code soulsummit-gift and get a surprise in your next order just for listening to the show. Today's episode is also brought to you by... Not only do Sawyer's off-grid water filtration systems, family-friendly and gear-safe insect repellents, and their first aid supplies help keep you safe and comfortable in the field, Sawyer also gives back worldwide. Every Sawyer product you buy is a contribution to our common humanity, bringing clean water programs to people in need domestically, internationally, and in disaster relief missions all around the world. Sawyer is 10 plus years into relief programs and works with over 140 charities in 80 countries, touching and saving the lives of millions of people every year. Serving a bigger purpose is what Sawyer is all about. Nature wants to get explored, gear up and go adventure, knowing that every Sawyer product has been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Find Sawyer products on Amazon or locate a store near you by heading to Sawyer.com. This podcast is also proudly supported by the Her Outdoor Journey brand. Our mission is to create common ground for passionate outdoor junkies, bridge the gap for women that hunt, and inspire you to live your bucket list life. Hop on over to HerOutdoorJourney.com to dive into the blog, find events near you, and join this community of outdoors men and women. That's heroutdoorjourney.com. And we are rolling another podcast episode. Today I'm joined by Emily Thompson. She's up in Anchorage, Alaska, and she is the badass that I just went to Kodiak, Alaska with. Um, yeah, stoked to have you on. We wanted to record up there uh, during the hunt, essentially, and I toted my podcast gear all you through the creation. All. <laughs> but it didn't line up. So we are here now, but, uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Give us this like 30,000 foot view of who Emily is. Oh man. Um, okay. 
born and raised in Anchorage. Um, you know, always been nice uh, in in the outdoor space in some kind of capacity, but like a trend I'm hearing across, like I didn't get involved into hunting until later in life. You know, I was introduced by somebody about like four or five years ago at this point. And it's one of those things where it's like, Oh boy, I I think I'm hooked now. Mm -hmm. Um, But so born and raised up here, left for college to go play soccer. Uh, Always knew that I wanted to come back home to Alaska. Cause it's like, once you've been here, like, there's just nothing, nothing else that really compares in my opinion. Um, and it's for some people and it's not for some people. So it's like, I feel like there are those that know that they don't, Alaska's too small for them per se. It's like, it's not enough of the city and not enough of the accessibility to other things. And it's like, those are the ones that know that they want to leave, you know, after high school and whatnot. I knew I, I always wanted to come back. Um, So came back, um, ended up getting hired with our local fire department up here, the Anchorage Fire Department. It'll be seven years uh, this March, which is pretty wild because that's kind of flown by. Yeah. And, you know, now I'm also surrounded by 400 plus, you know, avid outdoorsmen um, where I, you know, definitely like. I don't know. I feel like it's a little peek behind the curtain for me, like as a new hunter, because it's like I've got so many resources of people that I can ask questions sure. to that, you know, have grown up hunting. And, you know, I didn't necessarily have that, um, but it's, you know, it's all kind of worked out. And I feel like this season thus far was like one of my best years yet. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm stoked for what's to come. Do you feel like the last this last year, this last season was kind of like eye-opening at all. Like, I feel like from what you explained to me, you've done a lot more, obviously different, you hunted different species this year. Uh, you tagged several animals this year. You went on like a three week sheep hunt this year. Like, do you feel like it's kind of been this like, aha, okay, here's what I'm getting myself into. Or do you feel like you were kind of there before? No, I, I feel like, I feel like maybe a combination of the two. Um, you know, this was the first year I didn't have uh, like somebody to like rely on. Okay, like this is what we're going to go hunt this year. Um, so if I wanted to hunt something, it was up to me to make the plans, figure it out. Who am I going to go with or who am I going to take? Um, and the whole logistical thing was like, okay, if I want to hunt, like I don't have a a person to like rely on a boyfriend or a dad or a Mm -hmm. grandpa or an uncle. Um, so it was just a lot of a year of firsts, I think I I would say. Um, and so I'm super grateful for that because it just makes it like that much more rewarding when you're, you know, figuring Mm -hmm. it out on, I don't want to say on your own because I've definitely had like a lot of help along the way, but it Mm -hmm. definitely tastes a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. What have been some of the biggest learning curves for you as far as that navigation between having somebody to kind of like go through this and journey through this hunting thing together and learn from to now kind of being on your own, figuring it out? <sighs> yeah. I mean, like everything, <laughs> everything almost. It's like, you know, I was using somebody's backups and spares of everything. So not only has this been a year at first for me, but it's been quite the lucrative year on the bank account. Cause it was like, I'm it's like buy once cry once type of deal, but like yeah. new setup, binos, uh, pack, like you name it. Like I had to buy it all this year, which, you know, but now, uh, you know, I've got a better sense of like, you know, pride and ownership over it. Cause it's like, this is my stuff now. Like I feel capable to go on pretty much any type of hunt in Alaska now and have everything that's like mine. I don't have to borrow minus like a tent or two that I borrowed this last season. But like, I think one of, to answer your question, um, probably holds true on in Kodiak was like, I felt a sense of responsibility, um, you know, bringing you and Kristen that like, okay, even though none of us have ever hunted here before, it's like, I feel like I, I need to like, 
kind of make this happen for everybody. So something as small as like, you know, navigation with maps and like making sure we're going the right way or like, you know, making sure we're on time or on track and like avoiding gut Mm -hmm. piles and all that stuff. That was like being in charge of that stuff, even though you were like equally carrying the load on that front. um, That was probably like the biggest, and I wouldn't call it a challenge, but like biggest, like step up, you know, like in my hunting game, I'd say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much easier, you know, when you're with somebody, whether it's your dad, boyfriend, husband, whatever, and, you know, or, or girlfriend, who knows, like, it could be any kind of dynamic. But when somebody else is kind of leading the charge, you can almost be the follower to some degree, right? Great. It's like, great. I'm scanning. I'm looking everywhere. Like, you're telling us where to go. Great. Like, I don't have to like, look up and not see a route and be like, okay, well, let's go that way, I guess, you know, and it's like, cool. Okay, you know, and Kristen just fell into that role so perfectly on ours. And uh, we could talk about that more later, but like, you know, navigation and surroundings aren't always everybody's strong suit, but she had many other strong suits. She did. She really did. I have to ask you, since you talked about, you know, obviously now you're using uh, all of your own gear, but you were using a lot of hand-me-downs. So you've just recently gone through the process of kind of like this gear overhaul, figuring out like what gun you want, what pack you want, what layering system, what puffy you want. Um, so I have to ask you, because so many people, whether they're looking to like really get into and make all those purchases, or they're looking to replace an old item or hand-me-down, the gear buying can be so overwhelming. There are incredible amount of companies doing it. There are some really high quality companies doing it. Like what was your process? Were you just talking to friends about what their recommendations were or how did you kind of whittle the list down to make your choices? Yeah. Um, I kind of would like read reviews and, you know, I'm not brand loyal to any specific brand and, uh, there weren't, you know, not necessarily like tons of women specific. So it's like, I'd always bought men's stuff, uh, up until, you know, like this new Kuyu women's line came out and I got a few pieces and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, these are cool. Um, but it was mainly just trial and error kind of. And, mm. uh, you know, I've been through some rain jackets that I don't really wouldn't take out into the mountains with me anymore. Um, and so I've kind of filtered through those, but just a lot of like trial and error, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've got like a few solid pieces that are like my go-tos um, that I feel really good about. So, but like always open to like, you know, like even when we were out or anytime I go with anybody, I'm like, Ooh, what's, what's, what's that mm-hmm. going on? Like, how's that work? Okay. I think, I think I'm going to add that to my repertoire, you know, and mm-hmm. just taking bits and pieces kind of from everywhere to, to suit my needs. Yeah. Well, I think as much as you can look at reviews or talk to people or get recommendations, there's nothing that takes the place of testing it in the field, especially in climate, a place like Alaska. If you want to know if your gear works, take it to Alaska. That's where you'll figure out. Or just like, yeah, stand in, stand in a shower, stand in a steam room, you know, like (laughs) if you can get in a giant like dryer and like get thrown around a few times and you make it out, it's like, they'll probably do okay up here. Exactly. Exactly. And I like even went, you know, I had a few people ask like, Oh God, did you wear like that rubber? Like the whole time, like that, um, rubber jacket I was wearing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, like it's not getting ripped to pieces as we're walking through any type of like terrain. It was like insulated just enough that it was keeping me warm. Um, and when it was snowing, snow was just going like right off. So it's like, that was kind of, I was, I was into that. Yeah. I was into my puffy on that like second to last day when I could not get warm. Okay. That was the shower's fault. We'll get, yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. finally I decided to take a shower and wash <laughs> my six. hair. And of, uh, and of course the heat went out that night. So I'm like, Oh, I'll just lay here and my super thick hair will just dry all night. And I kept like, I'd roll over and I'd fluff it out like coughing dry. It. And then and then the heater went out that night. So the whole next day we were out hunting with like no degrees. Uh, my hair was wet and I could not get warm. I actually had five layers on top. I had two base layers, two puffies and a rain jacket on top. Yep. And I'm like, 
teeth chattering. And I think um, especially cause on that day, that was our last full like hunting day. And so we were like super stealth mode, like yeah. walking like ninjas through that forest. And so like not yeah. moving fast, you know, we're just kind of like, okay, maybe we can walk faster to get warmer. But it was <laughs> like, we were kind of figuring out like slower was better towards the end. And mm-hmm. then Mr. Bear kind of effed our whole last day up, but we can get to that. For context, and I've talked about this a little bit, but I, I'm getting to the place in my life where I can't assume people have heard me say something one time. So um, Emily and I met on one of my hunts early in the year when you were what I would essentially say was a plus one. Uh, had never had no idea who each other were uh, prior to the hunt. So that was like in September of this year. And then it was I don't know, a couple of weeks after that trip, it was two weeks before Kodiak, which was, uh, was that November? Oh, end of, end of we October. We left on the first, 28th of October, our flight. Yep, that you sent me a message and you said, Hey, any chance you want to go to Kodiak with me? Right. So we were almost perfect strangers at that point. Like we really didn't even get to know each other like that. No. Well, it's like you were in a tent with Dustin. Like we had so many shitty weather days. Like I had my tent, Zach had his tent and it was yep. like, okay, see you when, see you when the sun comes out, you know, like I'll be over here. <laughs> Just so, you know, we had like one day in the tent, like where we hung out and watched him make in or whatever quesadillas for everybody. But other than that, it was like, we were walking, hiking. So it's like, we didn't yep. get to know each other that well. But yep. like my first nope. impression was like, man, this bee is tough and I like her. <laughs> yep. Same impression. Um, and so when you mm-hmm. asked if I wanted to go to Kodiak, had it been pretty much any other stranger, I probably would have said, hell no. Right. Um, but you were just, yeah, just acquainted with me enough to where I was like, this could be a lot of things. It, <laughs> it yes, could, it, man, you. it could have gone either way. It could have gone either way. And for our luck, it went the better way. Yeah, absolutely. So you send me this invite and before I know it, I'm packing to go on a trip that I would have otherwise said no to a place that I had not considered going for a while. Uh, my, my, my husband was stationed there for six years. He loves Kodiak, but I've never really, he's never really convinced me it's the place to be. Um, but we get there, we meet an anchorage at the airport. We fly. To- <laughs> Kristen just, ah, let's go get drinks. <laughs> okay. So we should say too, a part of that was that it wasn't just you and I, you were also bringing somebody, which you told me you're bringing another girlfriend. And at no point did I really ever ask you who else, who else was coming. Didn't matter. I was just, nope. I was just going to be stuck with them either way. And she got stuck on you. You couldn't shake Kristen. She was all over you. I think it was, so it was at the Anchorage airport and I was like sitting there working on my computer and I just like glance over and I see you walking down. Cause obviously I recognize your face and then yeah. I see her and she just, I, I feel like she ran up to me and like, immediately got in there <laughs> picked me like, up out of my uh, chair yep Courtney this is Kristen <laughs> sorry I'm like oh boy here we go anyway it was fantastic we flew to Kodiak Island and uh took the float plane out to where we were staying which was absolutely incredible and um, mention also that like there was some gnarly weather windows that week. And had we not gotten out, thank God we were on that earlier flight from Anchorage to Kodiak. Mm. So we got in at like three um, and they rushed us over to the plane. And had we Mm -hmm. not made that flight, we wouldn't have been able to get in to where we were going until Tuesday. So we essentially got a few days extra on the front. And then we ended up getting a sec or another Mm -hmm. weather day on the tail end, which was like Mm -hmm. the best. So, once that plane landed and we were kind of like boots on the ground, getting our feet, you know, getting settled in, what were your initial unfiltered thoughts about the whole, the whole thing to that point? Fuck. I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Like I am nervous, but like excited, nervous. And you know, um, like, 
just flying in, like it was amazing. And it was what I thought it was going to be. Cause I've been to similar places, but I'm like, shit, there is no turning back now. I'm like, we are in it. And, um, you know, I was, I was excited. <clears throat> yeah. Made me want to pee a little bit, like some other things, but like, you know, I've said to a few people, like I've never felt like so out of my comfort zone, but in my element, like at the same yeah. time, because it was like, mm. okay, time to make this work, figure it out. Like, let's go. Yeah. So yeah. that, that was my else. first. I had that exact same thought, but it was before we landed in Kodiak. It was when we were loading up into the float plane and you know, I had on X map saved and I had looked, you know, ahead of time at kind of where we were going. But for me, like when you get into a plane, like your Kodiak is not that big or populated of a place. So you're kind of just in it anyway. But then you're going to get in this little tiny ass plane and you're going to fly even more in it into the middle of nowhere. Like an hour and flight, like, not even just like a quick, quick bop, like an yeah. hour away like <laughs> different different like weather systems even you yeah. know and that's why yeah. like hunting was okay for us over there but like in kodiak it was like getting gusts to 50 so it was like there's all these protected areas that are back mm -hmm. there and luckily we were in one but yeah mm -hmm. this far <laughs> so we stay at a cabin so it's a it's essentially a DIY hunt. There's no guides. We did use a transporter on some of the days, but outside of that, it's just the three of us girls doing our thing, figuring it out. Nobody there holding your hand. And we got into camp and immediately we're like, let's do the thing. Like, here we are. Let's just make the most of the situation. The weather that day wasn't super great. Um, and so we kind of tried to take a little jaunt behind the cabin, uh, which quickly turned into a very cold, very windy. I mean, I remember listening to our pack covers like rip through, you know, the wind would come through and they'd, you know, make all this God awful noise. And yeah, you know, it's basically a wide out. And I can tell you what I was thinking in that first little you know, experience. It yeah. was a lot of things like, why did I say yes? <laughs> Maybe I should. Is, is every day, is every day going to be like this <laughs> hunting in this straight up? Like can't see it's like, this sucks. Like when people are obsessed and love Kodiak, it's like, we didn't find out like later in the week. Why? You know, it was the first mm -hmm. few days like, man, this does suck. <laughs> like getting whipped in the eye, taking them like in all of our orifices, like everywhere. It was that first like day and a half were like brutal, like shit. We are in it. Absolutely. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I had looked like I had been punched in the face repeatedly, had taken a salmon berry to the, you know, nether regions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of things. I actually at one point in reached Dustin, my husband, and I said, uh, why did you think I would like Kodiak? Oh, my God. <laughs> <were> my exact <laughs> words. Um, you know, it's cold and it's just, yeah, you're just climbing, you're bushwhacking uncontrollably because what what I know about blacktail and Oregon and Sitka blacktail and the terrain differences were, is like this learning curve, like, okay. Plus I had Dustin saying, get to Alpine, get to Alpine. So the first couple of days we were just like bushwhacking, trying to get up to a place where we could see, expecting that this is going to be like the haven that holds these mature bucks. And we spent so much of that time just aldering, you know, yeah. and getting assaulted that uh, I don't think that it was to our detriment by any means. It was a learning curve, I would say for sure. And understanding that we didn't have to get to the top to start our hunt. Yeah. Yeah. Con con concur. Like we were getting lots of input from, you know, different places. Like, dude, you guys should do this. Just go here. And it's mm -hmm. like, unless like you're there, it's like each drop off that we did was like different tactic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whether we were getting dropped across or just further down, like in the bay. Um, so we kind of mm -hmm. just like had to evaluate where we were And like you said, it took a few days um, for us to like figure out kind of a strategy. 
Like, I think we were over hunting, like you said, like the first two days, just hauling ass everywhere. And then we'd end up getting back and like find out guys like never leave the beach. And they're coming back with like nice ass bucks. And we're like, what in the flying F? Yeah. You know, so it was like some frustration um, until we kind of like started to like get in our groove, I feel like. Well, the other unique thing about that hunt, using a transporter that will take you to, in Kodiak, a different beach every day, you're not getting to learn an area. So like every day you get dropped off on this beach, you know, at sunrise and you have your maps, you can look at your routes, you can look at the topography, you can find the pockets, but every day it's a whole new slate. It's a clean, you've never seen it before. You don't know what's there, what tracks are there, what's, you know it's all new every single day, which, and I think it, that's- it, which also started to interrupt, like ended up working out in our favor towards the end because we started to be successful and it's like, we're not going to go, you know, hunt like right through our gut piles, you know, mm-hmm. um, which we still ended up seeing, um, a few others, but yeah, like, and especially depending on how many guests he has, like he probably tries to spread everybody out, you know, and like a big factor yeah. for him was obviously like the Marine forecast and like mm-hmm. how far he could take people. Um, so we were kind of limited on that front, but I think, I, I think we earned our keep with him. Like we talked about after a few days mm-hmm. and he would always come to our cabin. I don't want to say first, but like once he saw like how hungry we were and like eager, like he started to take us first and like always was willing to pick us up last. So we had the longest time for boots on the ground, which I thought was super cool. I I really appreciated one that, you know, that first day kind of getting introduced to him, we asked, you know, have you ever had another group of women here before? And he said, no, which was obviously very evident when he was walking us to the bathroom. And he said, there's a lot because there are guys here, you know, <laughs> like I, I was very aware at that point that we were probably a rare species in that, yep. in that place. Um, but it was really cool because, and I don't know if you felt this, maybe it's, I'm just a little hyper aware, but I feel like when we walked in there, obviously we, we flew in at the same time that another group of guys, and there were two groups of um, men of families, there was one group of, I don't know what, maybe eight or nine. And then another group of four or five or something like that. And again, we're the only group of chicks that have ever been there. So we were kind of like underestimated. I felt like, I felt like, you know, even when, um, you know, the, the transporter said to us, um, you know, like there's, there's bears here and, you know, I'm like, we do know what we're getting ourselves into. And I appreciate his caution. I appreciate his approach, but I feel like we were very underestimated when we came in there Concur. and it was really cool to see that switch. Uh, when people started being like, Oh, let's go down to the boat and see what the girls brought in today. You know, yeah, like because he was always proud. Absolutely. And he was always yeah. like willing, you know, very much. So a man, like a few words, some of the stuff he said, you know, <laughs> to what you particular in one day was like, wow, you look tired. It's like, yeah, we just worked our asses off. Like, what do you, <laughs> do you say that to like some of these other groups of dudes? Like, no. But then like one of the other comments, you know, it was like our triple day. And he was like, man, you guys are tough and that's like the most you know we got out of him i feel like the entire trip which is more than he gives most guys but you know even um getting questioned from some people at the airport it was like i think i was wearing like a ball cap and maybe like a sweatshirt with my cootie jacket over it and somebody was like well what are you guys doing here Mm -hmm. and i'm like well what are you doing here you know and it's like what what a weird question like look at look around you (laughs) i was like well we're hunting and he was just like whoa like to him like that again was like a rare breed and he was like kind of taken back which to me is so crazy it's like you know and i guess it is in my head but not necessarily because when we were standing there at the airport we are surrounded by you know 30 groups of dudes going there to hunt and not one other group of chicks. I'm not saying chicks don't do this at all. And I'm like, saying- not even, not even just another group. Like I didn't see 
any other women, even if they were with a group, one woman like that was ready to go hunt. So this concept of like three chicks going out there to do this shit by themselves, people were like, wait, wait, you're wait, what? Wait, are you a a professional hunting team? Are you famous? (laughs) The questions were pretty ridiculous, but are you scared? And we, yeah. So, uh, I, I, I really want to relive a lot of those moments because they were hilarious. They might only be funny to us because we were in it at the time, but I doubt it. They were pretty great. I think um, so too. But, but going back to that, yeah, it was really cool to see, you know, the level of respect from other people just kind of like, okay, we're going to take these chicks seriously. They're here to work. And, you know, yeah, that day that he, I don't even, was it the day that we tripled? I don't know when he was like, you look tired. I don't know what day it was, but yeah, nonetheless, like, yeah, I'm getting my ass kicked every day, all day long by and we're going back and again. elderberry and alders and yeah. Um, but it was really fun to see the evolution just in us and kind of how we progressed and like, and that's with any kind of hunt, like you get in there, the first couple of days are usually this adjustment to like figuring the shit out, you know, like, okay, how am I doing this? Where are the animals, you know, right now in this temperature on this day, like it's going to be different from three days later or three days previous, you know, it's always going to change. And I think that's what makes a hunter a good hunter is that you're reading the, you're reading the sign, you're reading the the environment. Yep. You're reading where you are and you're changing your game plan accordingly. Because if you put a paper uh, game plan in place before you get boots on the ground, you're going to go there and you'll be like, Nope, 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 this, that you're going to make all these switches. And I think that's something that's really important to keep in mind when you're hunting, especially a new place is you're going to have to ebb and flow a lot. Have to. And I think you and I were really good. Like, like I touched on before, like kind of sharing the responsibility. Like I know you use Onyx and I was using base map and it was just like, okay, comparing like, okay, you, we just got a buck down. Did you mark it? Let's make sure we're like avoiding that when we go back up. Um, so that was like, to me, like, that was a a relief to like have another person to kind Mm -hmm. of share that responsibility Mm -hmm. with. Um, and I'm super, super grateful for that. So. Are you ready to join us on the experience of a lifetime? Pack your bags and get ready for this bucket list adventure in Sitka, Alaska. You show up and we'll take care of the rest. This seven day all-inclusive vacation will have you fishing world-class water, hiking some of the most beautiful parts of Alaska, paddleboarding, and kayaking through Cascading Mountains. Wake up and watch the whales from our luxurious home in the glow of the sunrise. Soak in this experience with a small group of passionate outdoor women and your private guides. Plan for fun-filled adventure by day and relaxing in the evenings in our stunning house hidden on our private beach. Head over to heroutdoorjourney.com forward slash Alaska to join us on the trip of a lifetime. Yeah, no, I think we nailed it on that, on that front for sure. The first couple of days, uh, the first day or two was really slow. The weather wasn't good. It was really hard. Visibility was really low. Um, but then we kind of started to get in it and we were trying to get to the top. We were trying to get to at least close to Alpine and like really get a good view of the animals that were there. And we were seeing, you know, like 27, 30 doe a day. And we get back and we tell, talk to the transport and we're like, we saw 30 doe today. And he's like, you did? Like other people are not seeing that high volume of animals. And a lot of those animals, I would say at least half of those animals, we got to sit and watch. We got to like get a really good idea of if there were other animals with them. And we were just not seeing the bucks. There were some button bucks and some smaller spikes, um, but we weren't seeing anything but doe in those first couple of days. And um, then it was, uh, I don't know, day three or four. I should have written it down, but we got into a, a different area and it was definitely holding a lot more doe. And we were like, okay, we're in a good spot it's getting colder. The rut seems to be, you know, maybe picking up from what I was hearing in other places. I'm like, this could be good. And from what I know about Columbia blacktail, like when you see, and and here population is vastly different. So we would never see, I would never see 30 doe or 30 deer in a day blacktail hunting here. So it's it's cool to go there and have that like high volume of population. Yeah. Um, But for me, every time I kept, I kept saying like, okay, you know, we don't want to spook them. We want to like, just let those deer do their thing because there could absolutely be a buck that's following or coming in. Sure. Um, because we started seeing, you know, the bloody urine and we we're like, these does are coming in. 
Yeah. Um, but talk to me a little bit about kind of like moving into like that day of uh, Kristen's birthday. And, you know, when we first saw that buck, the first buck we really saw and kind of what that experience was like. God, like you said, they all kind of like blend together. Bless her heart too. She was never taken a big game animal before. Been on some sheep hunts, some deer hunts and other things, but she was happy to shoot does. You know, she just wanted to bring some meat home. So that was like an easy, easy, uh, goal to accomplish essentially. And, um, you know, I feel like majority minus your first buck, um, all happened within like 30 seconds, you know, Mm -hmm. like we didn't have time to get like set up or anything, but, uh, it was a beautiful sunny day, fresh snow. So it was like super cool to be able to follow fresh tracks. And, um, we end up stumbling upon, you know, I'm in front, practically walk into this thing. It ends up like running 10 yards ish. And, um, you know, Kristen grabs your gun and just like, I'm kind of like casually putting in earplugs thinking like she's going to look at it for a second. And then like, boom. (laughs) And I was like, Holy. And, um, you know, it's going to be so great. And I can't wait to see the footage that you got of that because I swear to God, like her emotional, like capacity, it was all over the place. Like first big game animal down, like close to her birthday, like so many emotions going on. She was like crying. She was sad. She was happy. You know, she was like every feeling that you could have Mm -hmm. and you captured it all. So I'm, I'm pumped to watch that. Um, So yeah, that was a big deal for her. And it was super cool for us, I think, both to like witness her first. So awesome. Big game animal, you know, like what an experience. And then, um, you know, she was super grateful and like teary and like all the things that like you'd hope that like somebody would feel when they take their first animal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So cool. So yeah, with that one, you know, and then another topic that like was new to you and I had talked to about people was like the gut and drag, you know, or like the quarter and pack around with you. And based where we were in that day and the size Mm -hmm. of that dough, it was like, okay, let's just gut it. This is small enough. Um, and we just put it all on Kristen's pack and like kept hiking as opposed to dragging it all the way down to the beach and leaving it. Um, So that was like our first animal down. So I feel like, okay, we are on the board. Like things are only going to progress from here. And well, and she was really eager to do that. I feel like she was, you know, again, like you said, she had not, you know, killed a big game animal before. And, and for her, she kind of, she was, she was ready. And I don't know if you felt the same way. I assume that you did. It seems like naturally you did, but we're like, let's just get this on the board for you. Let's notch that first tag of yours. And so then from here on out, you feel a little bit more comfortable in any opportunity that could arise. And I think she really did from that moment, which was really cool. Yeah, I do too. Like finally connecting all the things, you know, that that you need to do to be successful. So it was, yeah, it was good to get her on the board first. Um, Yeah. And then we didn't get anything else that day. The next day was when, um, we had to go in groups of two. You and I got dropped first and he was going back to get Kristen. And it was like one of these rare scenarios, like immediately off the boat that didn't end up happening for anybody else. I don't think like the rest of the trip, but like I wasn't on the board yet. And there was a nice little, nice little button. And I was like, well, F it, you know? And so like I'm packs barely even on, I set it up rifle shoot and like the boat had just like gone in reverse and we're like okay he's like it was so (laughs) cool so he was like i'll come back and get it you know and we had joked that like when Kristen got there we were gonna have like a line up on the beach she's like i know you bitches are gonna have like three by the time i get there (laughs) um so that was great to get you know for me like on the board it wasn't anything big but it was like okay now i also have my first sick of blacktail, which was great. Um, Mm -hmm. and we didn't have to like store the meat down there or anything. And then we ended up hiking back up to that area that you were referring to earlier with like 30 plus. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that was like, I think we had talked about it later, like by far like the best area. Um, and we were never able to go back there again because it was a little bit further. But man, it was like, I, I really wish we could have because we were seeing a lot of movement and we spent a lot of time glassing and sitting and you ended up spotting your buck. Um, do you want to talk about how that played out? I do. Yeah, I really do. I just think, I think it's important to mention here. So we got into an area and this part that we were in on this day had been the least amount of brush that we had to deal with. And naturally, I think sometimes, and especially in this area, I don't want to call it by name, but <clears throat> the vegetation was different in this area. The terrain was different. It was holding a lot more uh, younger doe as well. It could be an area where um, you know, do does come down to have fawns and they kind of feel safe. They have a little bit more food there, a little bit more protected. And so I think that that was one of the reasons that it had a little bit more movement in that area. Um, but it was kind of cool because for one, when you're standing there and there's, you know, a couple deer running straight at you at like, you know, 20 yards, and then just, you're just, you're surrounded. Like it's boing, for me boing, as somebody, boing. yep. <laughs> For me, as somebody who just loves being around animals and observing their habits and, you know, just like their mannerisms, like that was cool. That, that to me was like a really fun day. Um, but again, we're like, okay, we're surrounded by all of these doe. We're watching them for quite a while. Not that visibility was really great there. There was a lot of blind spots for us, but we should have, in my opinion, from Columbia Blacktail again, we should have been seeing a buck in that area. Um, yeah. but we weren't, so we kind of, we kind of kept on and sat for a while. And then we started using, obviously optics are super important there. Like why not use optics over your boots? So we were using that kind of glassing and we saw a bunch more deer up on the hillside, kind of moving through the, the alders and the brush and just feeding around, just doing their thing. And we just kind of kept slowly making our way up. And, uh, that day was so fun for me just because again, we're surrounded by animals. We're getting to see a lot of things. The weather was pretty mild that day, a little cool, but not bad. And, um, you had again, that first that morning, which was super fun. And, um, obviously that just amplifies things to have that experience and that adrenaline and just being like proud, right? Like, okay, we got two notched meats in the yep. freezer. We're like, Courtney's we're up. Let's, good go. let's go. Yeah. No, um, in my mind. And so this is funny because in my mind, I still wasn't up. Like huh. I just wanted, and it's so funny because that day I actually was hiking around and I, and I, and I said to myself, I think I told you this on the trip. I go, if I fill zero tags on this trip, I'll be totally content with it. Huh. I'll be totally content with this trip. And just, and for me though, and I, and I think I told you that guys this on that trip as well. Like I love watching people do the thing. I love watching people hunt and be successful. And usually that's only been like my kid, you know, sometimes my husband, sometimes other people like, but mostly my kids. It's so soul filling for me to see that. And for you guys to like have that experience, I was content filming the whole thing. Cause I got it yeah. all on film, everything. <laughs> but yeah, so we get up there and we're, we're sitting down and we're glassing and all of a sudden uh, I'm like, there's a buck, which was a big deal because we had not been seeing any bucks that were like visible antlers, you know? Yeah, I hadn't seen any. And I'm like, grab your gun. Like, like, let, yeah, I'm like, grab your gun. Like, let's go. And then you guys are like, not grabbing your gun. And then Kristen, I think, said like, you, you're up. You shoot it. And I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. All right. Yeah. And um, that was the most stressful of the entire trip for me. So... I really love my rifle. I like the way that it shoots. But pre-game, sighting in, I was having an issue with the gun not firing. And it was only consistent to one round. It was the Barnes uh, bullet, and it just wouldn't fire. None of them. I, round after round after round, nothing would happen. And then I changed ammo, no other issues, shot that gun a lot this season and no, no issues at all. And so I get behind the gun, you're on the camera, Kristen spotting I'm filming here. also like about, watching. Yeah. Yep. Watching to like doing sure all the I'm things, keeping yep. eyes on it for you. Yep. Double fisting here. Yep. Yep. Deers at like 240 yards and I squeeze the trigger and Nothing happens. I was like, and safety, I, like, your safety. <laughs> nope. 
Well, I go, well, did I not chamber around? And so I ejected that round. It's all on video. And I put another one in and shoot. And th- that one goes off. And he runs down the hill a little bit and he's standing there. And so I go to chamber another one, squeeze a trigger, click, nothing happens. And so now I'm like, you know, in my experience, like I want an animal to die as quickly as possible. That first shot wasn't a perfect shot. And I want it like, I'm like now like make the animal die right this second. Yeah. Chamber another one, click, nothing. And so I pull my bolt at this point. I'm like looking to see what's going on. And I turn around apparently poor Kristen and I watched the video back and I had already said way I had said after my second one or first one, I'll have to rewatch it. But I said, grab your gun. My, my gun's not shooting Yeah. to which she didn't. And which is not her fault I'm saying, but, um, I was like, why is my gun not going off? Well, it had been beaten in the brush for three days prior. It was in, uh, freezing temperatures every single day. I mean, our water, we couldn't even get water because our water was freezing our on us. You yeah. know, our tubes were freezing on us. Um, my water bottle that was in my pack was freezing. So I don't know if it was a matter of condensation or moisture in the chamber or something that happened, but my gun would not fire, which is going to be a really important part of the story later on. So we get that deer down and didn't it, it, was it, it ended of, up, it ended up firing like on the fifth time. Maybe. No, there was only three misfires. Yeah, there was three misfires. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had to pull my bolts and I like put a new round in it. And and if it, no rhyme or reason to why it did or didn't on that time. Um, but yeah, we go up there and take a couple quick pictures and a video and and we're packing that thing out and you know, walking down and finding our routes and doing all that stuff. And for me, I think a lot of my joy honestly was like bypassed like i was still thankful for that deer but in the back of my head when you're in when you're in the country that we were in with the animals were around and your gun that you're relying on for a multitude of reasons doesn't fire yeah there's this really unsettling feeling yeah it makes you sick yeah and and i don't know that you guys necessarily realize that at that time especially you because of the story that we'll get to later on but yeah i was just i was i was really having a hard time feeling like that should not happen that should not happen um anyways that day you know both of us got on the board that was cool we go back hang me you know clean me that kind of stuff it was great it was so much fun uh, but I definitely had that feeling like, why isn't this operating the way that it should? Yeah. So we fast track a couple more days and uh, we, we come to know this female, the only other female that we see on this trip. And she is a caretaker at this place. And we kind of become fast friends. And uh, she somehow gets invited on this hunt. I'm going to let you take over from here. <laughs> somehow me and Kristen invited her to come hunting with us, which is great. And we have since talked about she is, that's her best quality and her worst quality. And she knows it and she says that she is a giver. She'll give you anything, even if like she's going to starve to death. So she invites. I, okay. For the, for the record, I loved her inviting her on this hunt. The giving away of all the cores lights might be a different subject. Yeah, absolutely. We're like, but but we're thirsty. We were like her poor children <laughs> at home, and she's giving away all of our booty. And it was like, oh, whiskey? Do you want that? Let me top off your wine. Just have it for later. And we're like, bitch, like <laughs> you have what you have when you come out here. Thank God for my other buddy that like brought us some some other stuff. But like. I was thinking, man, it's going to be great to have some boxed red wine with this backstrap we're about to have. And we each got this much because there was that much left after a day. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yep. Anyways, so the epic day. And that was also great of Kristen to recognize like three people I thought was like perfect. Four was just going to kind of be too many. Um, So Kristen took the initiative and she's like, we're still going to get dropped at the same spot. We're going to go this way and Courtney and Emily, you're going to go that way. And she's like, I just know you two bitches are going to F things up. 
and this was the best weather day I think that we had. Um, Mm -hmm. in this like area that we were, we heard, you know, it held a lot of, you know, decent sized bucks. So we were like excited and like, I was really wanting to get something big, like, you know, of some size, um, and just see, you know, like I felt like Courtney and I, like if there's any combination of the two of us, I'm like, we're going to get it done. And yeah. I mean, I know Dustin even like joked with you earlier. He's like, guys, you, you both are going to double that day. And it's like, Oh, come on. Oh, come on. No, or not or whatever. Um, so we pick a route, you know, there's plenty of like grassy knolls that were like perfect for glassing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing good on like choosing and like moving slow and like super stealth like mm-hmm. and uh it's probably like noon at this point we kind of get up to a spot and there's like these uh buck like super highway game trails if you will mm-hmm. that kind of traversed um all this terrain and we end up getting getting up a, a decent amount and uh we both kind of like stop and we're pulling out our phones and like comparing comparing maps and we're like, okay, we're super quiet, whispering, like, this is where we are. What do we think about going here? And we come up with a good game plan. And as soon as I turn back to my left to keep walking, I'm staring face to face with the biggest buck of our trip. And I'm like, Courtney, grab your gun. And and that's all I point, hear. I, I At this point, I'm like, that's all I know is Courtney, grab your gun. And I'm like, Psh- Quick release on it. Thank God. I know we're going to, if we have time, we're going to talk about some gear things, but quick release is now going in my arsenal also. Uh, so she grabs her gun and this buck is just staring dead straight at us. She puts a perfect shot in it. And we're both just like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. it went maybe like 10, 15 yards, if that, you know, and we're just like, holy cow like Mm -hmm. you finally got hands on it and we were both just like holy cow that was crazy so fast um like neither of us were like really prepared for it but i mean you obviously were um and made a count and we were just like and at this point it's still noon and we've got till six to hunt uh do you have anything you want to add before we continue it happened so fast. I thought it was a big forky, like an old dark fork at horn. That's what I thought it was. But I'm like, mm-hmm. it's 15 feet in front of me. I just pulled out my gun, racked a chain. I mean, it happened so fast. That shell was in and out so quickly that I was like, yeah, I was actually in shock for a while. I'm like, literally what just happened and my adrenaline too i think when you said grab your gun for me i'm like i don't know you know obviously we're in brown bear country i don't know what we're dealing with until that moment i like turned and saw and i'm like oh okay you know so there was just a lot of things happening in a very short amount of time we have like two pictures of that deer and almost no video because it was just like i was still coming down off that moment like holy cow you know Yeah. And I, you know, and that's one thing I wish too. It's like, I think on each of these and who knows, like, I feel like we had a little bit more time, but we didn't waste any time with any of our kills, like doing the work, Mm -hmm. cleaning up and getting out of there, which is the safer bet, you know? Um, so, you know, I had some webbing, we gutted, gutted it real quick, um, ended up dragging it down to the beach was like the first time for both of us. We've done a drag and you know, I think it was almost harder with two people because you're bumping shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. trying to navigate through super narrow spaces. And, um, at one point I think I, uh, shortened one of the holds and lengthened a longer mm-hmm. one, but I ended up just going behind and like picking it up anytime you got hung up. Um, and so I did have some people ask, like when you posted on your Facebook earlier or Instagram about like questions, some people were asking about like, why do you drag, you know? And that was a topic of conversation that we had quite a bit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the reason why people do it is because they're able to get out of there quicker with a down animal, blood everywhere. Um, You know, I'm sure we'll touch on it, but like we had seen some monster tracks, not necessarily that day, 
But also, like, I think we were coming to grips with, like, there are these monster bears everywhere, but we're not seeing them. And that was probably the most eerie part. Um, mm-hmm. So that gut and drag lets us just get out of there, uh, get right. to the beach, and we just would cover it up with rocks, logs, anything so that, like, fox, birds, bears, and other critter, like, don't get in there. Um, so we made it down there. And at this point, it's still pro- now it's like 1245 and it's like, okay, we got some more work to do. So we um, saw our track on the way down, avoided that on the way up. So we're not like following our own like blood trail. We end up getting somewhere similar probably to where yep. we were before. It had a really good view, um, kind of open meadowy, but like rolling hills and I'm like, okay, this looks like a good spot. We should spend some time here. And uh, think we put like a 20 minute time cap on it i was like why don't you glass this way and i'll face kind of down and like we'll just sit here and like super Mm -hmm. quiet see what we see and (laughs) thinking back now it's like i should always like when we're sitting and glassing and in these scenarios like hat up off from my ears and like almost going like this so when there is a like Mm -hmm. you hear it the first time and like you don't miss an opportunity Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably 15, 20 minutes and I hear, get over here. and you had been glassing uphill, take your binos mm-hmm. down. And there's a buck that is like directly in front of you jumped over a Creek, you know, at that point, maybe like 40 yards, but it had closed in the time that I got to you. And mm-hmm. you're like, I don't know where it is. It should be like right below us. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay. I set my pack up, uh, put my rifle on top, have a good rest. Um, and I, you know, it hadn't seen us at this point, but it's walking through some really thick stuff. But at this point we're like 15 yards. You think? Yeah. Maybe, maybe 10. Yeah. Maybe 10, but it's like close. So it's like wherever I hit it, like it's dying. Um, and so I kind of see it like moving through these thick, this thick brush, um, rack one safety off in the crosshairs, pull the trigger. Nothing happens. And this is with her gun, not mine. We're like, is this deja vu? And I'm like, okay, that was weird. Like safety was off. I was like, okay, rack another one. He's still standing there. So rack another one in the crosshairs, pull the trigger, nothing and I, I was like mortified looking at the film on your camera. Like I couldn't watch it more than like for five seconds mm-hmm. because the look of sheer terror on my face when I turn around and look at you and like all I see is your camera and I'm just like, my face is just like drained from all the blood. I'm like, it's not a good feeling. It's not, not a, a good, good feeling, feeling for all. so many, so many reasons. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want to miss on this opportunity. Also, yeah. what if a monster brown bear comes like around the corner? Like, what am I going to throw my gun at it? Like, <laughs> and so like you have your camera in one hand and then I'm like, gun, you know? So I like practically throw my stuff down to the side. You quick release yours again, but the butt gets like hung up. So I'm like flailing backwards. trying. I'm to get- still, yeah, I'm still filming this whole time. <laughs> trying to get the butt of the gun out of the harness down there. You hand me your gun, rack one. And I was just like, somehow this buck was still there. Like didn't go anywhere. Yep. It did. It had moved quite a bit, but we remember we ran, I was like kind of tracking it at the same time. And I'm like, yeah, down the salmonberry. And we ran down there, but I fired, I fired one at it when it was still like in the bushes and I wasn't like really sure because adrenaline's like through the roof at this point we immediately like pick up shop start running through these like chest high I don't know how Mm -hmm. I did not eat shit also by the way like high stepping through this and oh we didn't even get to talk about the on the first one but (laughs) Courtney ended up doing this on my first little button one too it was like getting ready to walk away. And it was like, all I saw was its butt and Courtney gave it a Mah! and turned broadside gave me like the first or perfect little opportunity yeah. to shoot. So this on the second shot for this one, it's like almost to that same Creek that had jumped over and Courtney gives it a Mah! 
And she's like, put another one in it. So I shoot it again and it ended up just collapsing right there. But we're just like, you know, hearts mm-hmm. palpitating. We're both just like, oh my God, this is crazy. So that that was quite the experience. And again, like frustrated that my equipment didn't work. Thankful that, you know, Courtney had hers that was like easily accessible. And, you know, we were still mm-hmm. able to like, put it all together, but like not good feelings for sure. No, not at all. So we're sitting there and we, we pull hers out and, uh, you get to gutting it and you flip it over and you're like, where are the nuts on this thing? No balls, no wiener, nothing, no package going on. I'm like, Uh -uh. dude, you shot a stag like, or something like, I don't know what just happened. Yeah. For the first handful of days, like we thought it was, um, but you, since getting back and like talking to some people, it's like stags are always velvet. Um, but like there can be, I think they're called like crypto crypto kid bucks or something. I don't know, but they are not built with the reproductive organs. Anyways, totally, so totally crazy because side note to that. So there was no reproductive organs on that buck, but that buck came in chasing a doe. Yeah. So pretty cool that it still has the instinct, but no capability but to actually breed. Yeah, wouldn't be able to do anything yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, so like my, yeah, my hands are like in it, like bloody, just finished gutting, I think. And Courtney had just finished kind of like filming some of it like because it was pretty cool like no i'm pretty sure that's not a wiener there's nothing in there um and then it was literally like deja vu again i was like courtney grab your gun and there was a little bit more hesitation this time she's facing me and i'm looking past her i was like courtney grab your gun i was like 100 thought you were kidding (laughs) there's a buck right behind you so take it away Yeah. So uh, we're sitting there, obviously what Emily just said, she's gutting the deer and I'm, I have my gun next to us for obvious reasons in brown bear country. And, uh, she's like, grab your gun. Uh, there's another one. And I, I for sure thought you were just joking, which is obviously I know now that that wouldn't be a joke. Right. (laughs) But so I turn around and sure enough, 20 yards away from us is this buck full rut action, head down, just marching, just yeah, broadside to marching up this hill, no care in the world. Like you had just done your interview on, on camera. So like you were talking, I was talking and yeah, shots fired. And I'm just like, what happened? So, so I shot, I shot and he ran off and I go, did I miss him? Like, what the heck did I miss him? And I was like, Like, nope, I saw, I saw hair fly and like you went high and I went low. And this, I just love that part that you also like started filming. Yeah. So we get up there, you follow the tracks. I kind of follow to where I saw this older, older, just kind of like roll. And I was like that, I know he either crashed there or he went through there. And so I kind of circled up that direction. I also kind of took the high spot on the hill. That way, if I had to do a follow-up shot, I could. And you're like, he's right here piled up. And oh my gosh, it was that moment for me. That is one of the most exciting parts of the whole trip because to go out there on a day with you and triple up on mature bucks was just something I don't think we'll ever be able to replicate. It was so much fun. It was so rewarding. And just that in that moment right then I was like, what just happened? Like, okay. But also now we have two bucks on the ground up here that we have to go up and over these knolls and drag back down to the beach. And we need to be there in about 45 minutes to make the transporter time. Crazy. Yes. There, there was like, not ever like a moment of like hesitation in my mind though, that it was going to be something that we couldn't do. It was like, this is effing awesome. I can't believe we just got three bucks down and you and I both just doubled, like cut my webbing into two. Here's your piece. Here's my piece. You're gutted. We did some quick photos. I was like, let's party. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, I remember I turned around and said to you at one point, like while we were dragging, I was like, and not to take away from anybody else. I know for a fact that there is badass, strong, capable women. Uh, but like, I don't know of any other woman that could have done 
like what you and I did together that day. It yeah. was like, I didn't yeah. have to worry that you needed any kind of help. And I don't think you felt, I think you probably felt nope. the same. Like she's got hers. I've got mine. Nope. And if something happens, we'll obviously like figure it out, figure it out. Yeah. But I never had any sort of like, Oh no, this is going to be hard or, you know, no. obviously it and was hard, but it was like, we were just so full of adrenaline pump and like jacked that it was like, you know, I felt like I could have drugged two out. Well, and here's the thing in an area like that, you don't have time to stop or second guess or wonder or figure it out. You just have to have that ability to go. This is going to be hard. This might suck, but here we go. There's no other thoughts. There's no time for reservation or hesitation because again, you're, you're now, you have a blood trail through brown bear country. And if you're sitting there just hemming and hawing and trying to figure it out or what was me, like you're now on the food chain. So you better just make it happen. Time was a ticking. And we ended up dragging past somebody else's gut pile from a few days before, you know, and it like, it was empty, nothing there, but it was obvious, you know? And so it was like, they, they know those gunshots mean dinner bells. Uh, so I think we did a really good job of like getting out of there as quick as we could. And like, I mean, if, I feel like the whole trip we were quite punctual, but literally like dragging both those last two deer down at the beach at five fifty-five, and seeing the guys on the boat pulling up binoculars. Like I can only imagine the thoughts that were going through their head. And then once we got there to be like, oh, we actually have one more over there. Can we're going to go get it real <laughs> quick. <laughs> Felt really good. And they were just like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love it so much. And I hate to do this to the people listening in right now to the podcast, but we are going to have to make this a two part episode. Have this to. We got only, so many more things to talk like about. So many more things to talk about. So we're going to have to reconvene at another time. Uh, before part two comes out, though, after people listen to this, I know that they're going to want to know who this badass chick is from Alaska. So where can people find you online? Uh, my Instagram is AKMET, old school. And, um, yeah, that's, that's the best place. If, uh, you know, I did get a few people popping off questions, um, locally and some far away. So it's like, if you have questions about some things we didn't cover, which most likely you do, feel free we to will. Shoot them we on, will. Shoot, yep. Shoot them on over or, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, we are going to get back on part two. It'll be the next episode that airs after this one. So we will be covering everything from the rest of what happened on this trip to uh, talking about what we learned, what we took away, what we would do different. And then we're going to dissect the gear as well as talk about some of the rifle issues that we were having and what we would do different in the, the next time that we go out on this kind of a hunt. So thank you so much for joining me. I hope that you guys enjoyed this story tonight and uh, truly was a badass trip to Kodiak with you, Emily. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. We hope that your cup is full and you're ready to embrace your untamable vibe. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a favor? Help us grow our audience by sharing your favorite episode on social media, sending the episode to a friend and leaving us a review online. We love to hear from you. One more thing, be sure to press that subscribe button and never miss a weekly episode. See you next week.